Welcome to the White Ice Podcast, where we discuss issues of race. I think we've buried it under the carpet and pretend like it's gone away. Culture. We have got to get back to agitating, to standing up, to making a difference, to being fearless. And our world today. We're in a whole different time. I'm your host, Vincent Harris. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Doctor Gibbs. No, it's Dr. Rudy. It's Dr. Rudy, man. We sitting here having some coffee and just chilling out, man. But, um, you know, White Ice has been uh, out for a little while, and we're back on our second season. And just wanted to catch Rudy and ask him a few uh, questions about how he's feeling today about about the life of the church and especially, uh, you know, our folk and how race has been impacted uh, our lives and our community. So, you know, Rudy, uh, just... Uh, let me know how you're feeling today, man, about this whole race issue and how it's been impacting the United Methodist Church. Well, Vincent, first of all, thank you for, for hanging out with me today uh, over here at Through Good Coffee. That's a little commercial. <laughs> <laughs> On 27th Street in the Heights. Um, coffee's always hot. It's a... Uh, good coffee. Good coffee. Good coffee. Yeah, but, but you know, man, I, uh, you, you, you know, and your audience probably doesn't know, but I just finished uh, uh, basically a 300-page dissertation on... Um, um, on black millennials and the church. That was my research. Um, so what I did was I took uh, really uh, a, um, um, not an exhaustive look, but a cursory look at, at the development of black religion from uh, the slave ship to what we consider uh, the church today. Okay. Um, in that, uh, on that timeline uh, were some, some interesting developments uh, that really point to why we are in this place we're in right now. Uh, a lot has been said about um, uh, white millennials, but very little has been said about black millennials and their uh, their literal causal response to uh, the church's uh, request for them for their participation. Sure, um, they have uh, in in many cases um, um, not responded. They haven't rejected that call. But they just haven't responded to that call uh, in any in any demonstrative way. They have uh, they have basically been chilling, uh, laying back in the churches, not been able to factor or even calculate their participation in any measurable terms. Sure. This is what I found, Vincent. So let's take the uh, take the uh, the first ship 400 years ago um, to the to the brush arbor. Yeah. If we take the if we go go to the brush arbor, then we realize there is a um, uh, that was a movement uh, that uh, uh, that one scholar, his name is Cornell West, uh, one scholar basically said uh, in that moment uh, the slave decided to make Jesus their choice. Okay, it was a conscious decision for uh, both uh, economic and survival for reasons economic reasons and and reasons of survival. Right. Um, we literally have been making that same uh, decision uh, for the last probably hundred years right. for economics and survival. Yeah. Um, and you can normally put those two together. Mm-hmm. Um, but but here's where uh, the the unique shifts actually happen. First of all, uh, I have uh, um, uh, you know uh, in my in my research. I, uh, I interviewed 200 black millennials okay. uh, across an economic spectrum, across an educational spectrum. Okay. Um, and, and the findings 
were uh, were amazingly similar, regardless to where that that millennial ended up socioeconomically. Yeah. Just even in education, yeah. they all ended up in the same place. Yeah. And and that really points to the fact that they uh, that that most of the group that we're missing now, uh, their departure was determined many years in advance. In most cases, before they were born. Okay. Yeah. In essence, their parents and guardians. Uh, made the first step out of the black church. Uh, we're only seeing what now is the completion of a, uh, an exodus. Yeah. An exodus yeah. that really began, uh, according to my thoughts, 1968. Okay. That was merger, though. That was when, the, when blacks came into the Methodist church from the, the, the 39 Uniting Conference after they did the central jurisdiction. Then So, so you're saying... That 68 was an exodus and not a uniting? 68 was the beginning of the exodus. Because you had to look at the demographic that, that united. Uh, they were perceived uh, openly mobile uh, blacks who had the aspirations of their children having better lives than they did. All right? They came in for economic and social reasons. Right. You know, just like everybody else. We made Jesus, really made the choice made the decision to make Jesus their, their choice. choice. In this particular case, they made the, the, the decision to make United Methodism their, their choice. Here, here's, the, here's the real finding. 68, uh, the attacks on, on the black community were, uh, some, in some cases, overt, but in most cases, subtle. It was the subtle attacks on the black community that really began the demise of the black church as we know it. Yeah. Right? Right. So think right. about this. We had... We had overt, over, really overt attacks on black community, you know, which were responses to the civil unrest, you know. But but imagine imagine the dog whistle, and I, I like to I like to remind folk that there are dog whistles mm. that uh, that the populace can't hear, but uh, but a certain <laughs> sector of society hears very clearly. Yeah. yeah. Any dog lovers out there know. That that only your only your dog can hear that whistle. All right, but imagine this: imagine uh, identifying the fact that leadership, civil leadership, the primary incubator for civil leadership was the black church. Wow! The primary incubator. If you look at the civil rights movements, you'll see one leader after the, after another that came, came out, out, of of, black out of the black church. Out of the black church. Right. And even the, the, the pinnacle leader, yeah. Dr. King himself, yes. was a, a, a Baptist preacher. That's right. So imagine this. If you are in charge of, of, um, of um, um, let's say, justice in America, mm-hmm. you want to identify the sources of civil unrest, uh, you would have to isolate the black church pretty quickly. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So imagine... Uh, imagine if a uh, not an you, you can't make an overt attack on the black church. So what you do is you numb it. You 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 uh, you give it a tranquilizer. Wow. All right. One of the tranquil tranquilizers was we shall come by kumbaya. Come over here with us. We'll take care of you. We'll make sure even that you are in charge of something. <laughs> All right? First steps in dismantling yeah. the power of the black church. Wow. But the second step was even more subtle, but, but more catastrophic. 
So even, every one of these black churches was located, was literally in the locus of every black community. It was at the center of every black community, and it was a well-respected institution in every black community. Yeah, the boys talked about that. Yeah. 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 How do you how do you begin to nullify the effects of the locus? Yeah. You first declare war on drugs. Then you send drugs to make sure the war is justifiable. And then you end up with an addicted community that is literally um, shackled by a new economy. And then you start to incarcerate the future of the church. So what you know, happened? Wow, man. I, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm kind of in the background, in my mind and in my ears, I'm going to call this the buzzsaw interview. <laughs> because this is a buzzsaw. It's a buzzsaw, man. It's a buzzsaw. Really, ironically, that we, we have the background, but, but how this has emerged. Yeah, man. And what the meaning is for us today. And, and so what do we do as a response? How do we, and what was your research in, in, in kind of dealing with what are some of the factors that we need to consider as we move forward? So my eyes were open with one fact. Okay. Um, Ibram Kendi. Okay. Stamped from the beginning. It's a book I recommend every black person read. He's a young historian, um, under 40, um, and a professor at, I think, American University. Okay. Uh, was at Florida a Um Kendi, in his book, uh, helped me to see the, really, the plan as it has unfolded. Mm. I used to think ignorance and hatred were the uh, were the genesis of of um, of policies, discriminatory policies. I used to think ignorance and hatred were at the at the core of racial discrimination. Mm. I did. And like, yeah. like it's easy to think. Yeah. But but this is what Kendi helped me to understand. You see, the only way um, racial discrimination in its global context could could survive throughout this last 600 plus years all right is if not ignorance and hatred being the genesis of racial discrimination discrimination and discriminatory practices but imagine this policy discriminatory policies have always been at the genesis of ignorance and hatred. Okay, okay. So here we are today, 600 years later, still wondering why we can't do anything about this, this global racism. And it's because it is undergirded globally by policies. Yeah, yeah. That create ignorance and hatred. That's the bus song. That's That's powerful. And I know that, you know, a lot of people haven't had the experiences you've had and been able to kind of discern some of this um, as we continue to kind of walk through leadership for the future as well. If you're, if you're a college student today, if you're somebody who is trying to kind of move forward and understand yeah. what the world is about, knowing policy drives this racist behavior, what else would you give someone who's really trying to do the right thing for the right reason? Here are my findings. Um, I would say, uh, first of all, know that small is the new big. 
um, um, intimacy uh, is the new currency. In a, in a world driven by social media, intimacy is uh, of, of extreme value to a people disconnected, or only connected via a, um, a signal, a cell signal. So uh, let's take four. Four things that we need to begin to focus on. Think about in a in a in a very strategic way. Uh, one is uh, accountability. When I talk to young people, um, uh, the one thing they are looking for is accountable relationships mm. with institutions. With institutions. With, yeah. Gotcha. O- only the the institutions that are accountable have have merit. All right. Um, uh, se- second of all. Um, um, Transparency. Um, uh, young people, you know, you know, the silent generation was uh, extremely, extremely um, cloistered, mm-hmm. n- not having much transparency. Um, uh, imagine uh, now that um, the only way you, uh, you you cross over is by revealing your scar. Right. In the same way, uh, first. Uh, uh, well, early centuries identified those in covenant with each other. Okay. They showed their scars. That's right. Uh, transparency, authenticity, uh, integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the church itself has uh, has has lost integrity. It has uh, it has an integrity issue. Uh, it, it has a credibility issue. Uh, the only way we can restore that is by by moving the. Uh, 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 moving back to a place where we it can be counted on, and and lastly, um, uh, creating uh, relationships through smaller settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big box is is a great place for a celebration. It is a great place for a celebration, and uh, but but not not a place where transformative relationships are uh, are nurtured. Wow. Yeah. It's been good, man. I, you know, I, I have an opinion about a lot of things, but I can't give it today. You know, I'm just, I'm just glad you took some time out, man. The buzzsaw, the buzzsaw. Dr. Rudy Buzzsaw Rasmus has been sharing with us yeah, on man. the White Ice Podcast, and uh, we enjoyed your, your time, man. We're gonna get back together with you another time. Thank you. Thanks for coming out, man, and, and inviting me over. Yeah, man. You know, to have Absolutely. coffee. And and just remember, like, policy matters. Policy matters. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we, we got, we lost the, the church, lost four million potential members to policy. Wow. That's a good deal. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Love you. Love you too, man. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week.